What could you do if your data was working for you and not against you? With Bloomberg delivering enterprise data directly to your systems, you get easy access to the details you want, optimized for higher level analysis, and financial data experts committed to helping you maximize your every move. Our data is made for more, so you can show the world what you're made of. Visit Bloomberg.com slash enterprise data to learn more. Live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studios, this is Bloomberg Daybreak for Wednesday, December 7th, 2022. Coming up this hour. The people have spoken. Democrat Raphael Warnock wins the Senate runoff race in Georgia. Two of Donald Trump's companies are convicted in a criminal tax fraud trial. And Morgan Stanley is the latest company to slash jobs. New York Mayor Eric Adams welcomes new top appointees in his administration. Plus, an iconic New York City comedy club will close its doors. I'm Michael Barr. More ahead. I'm John Stashauer in sports. A shutout win for the Devils. The Islanders lost. Met and Yankee free agent pitchers are moving on. That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak on Bloomberg 1130 New York, Bloomberg 991 Washington, D.C., Bloomberg 1061 Boston, Bloomberg 960 San Francisco, Sirius XM 119, and around the world on BloombergRadio.com and via the Bloomberg Business app. Good Wednesday morning. I'm Amy Morris. And I'm Karen Moscow. And U.S. stock index futures are lower this morning. It is 501 on Wall Street, and we check the markets all day here on Bloomberg Radio. S&P futures down about eight points. Dow futures down 41, and Nasdaq futures down 36, or down about three tenths of a percent. Ten-year Treasury up two thirty seconds, yield 3.52 percent, and the yield on the two-year 4.34 percent. And NYMEX crude oil is down 1.7 percent. Amy and Karen will have more on the markets in just a minute, but first, Democrats have. One control of the Senate after a victory in Georgia's runoff election. Incumbent Democratic Raphael Warnock defeated Republican challenger Herschel Walker 51.4 percent, 48.6 percent. Whether you voted for me or not, that every single day I am going to keep working for you. Walker has conceded to Warnock, encouraging his supporters to stay engaged in politics. I'm not going to make any excuses now because we put up one heck of a fight. And I said, that's what, that's what we got to do because this is much bigger. This is much bigger than Herschel Walker. The win for Warnock means Democrats have a 51 to 49 Senate majority. There will be divided government, however, with Republicans having narrowly gained House control. But with Warnock's decisive victory, Amy, Georgia Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger defended the integrity of the race, calling it honest and fair. You remember Raffensperger was pressured by former President Trump after the 2020 election. We want everyone to know that your vote counts. It's going to be safe. It's going to be secure. It's going to be accurate. And we're going to actually audit this race. We're going to do a list one looking audit of this race so we can verify the voters. Here's what the results were on the machines. Here's what they are after we did the hand count audit. Secretary of State Raffensperger spoke with our Washington correspondent, Joe Matthew, on Bloomberg Sound On. Catch the show weeknights at 5 p.m. Eastern on Bloomberg Radio. It was not a good day for Donald Trump, Karen. He was a prominent backer of Herschel Walker. And at the same time, there's news the former president suffered another defeat in court. We get that story from Bloomberg's Ed Baxter. 
Donald Trump's company has been found guilty of engaging in tax fraud for more than a decade. Now, this is the first time a Trump business has been convicted of criminal conduct. Executives, including Alan Weiselberg, convicted of evading taxes on company-paid perks, including free apartments and luxury cars. The conviction may make it harder for the Trump companies to do business. Trump himself was not charged. In San Francisco, I'm Ed Baxter, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Ed, thank you. We'll have more reaction on the political news coming up in a few minutes. But first, let's turn to Wall Street, where the view on the economy is getting gloomy. Now, Morgan Stanley is cutting jobs, and we get the details live with Bloomberg Steve Rappaport. Good morning, Steve. Good morning, Karen and Amy. Morgan Stanley will reduce about 2% of its global workforce as the bank braces for a possible recession. Sources tell Bloomberg roughly 1,600 jobs are on the chopping block. CEO James Gorman hinted layoffs were coming when the bank reported earnings in October, saying they learned some things during COVID about operating more efficiently, and that's something the management team is working on for the rest of this year. Live in New York, I'm Steve Rappaport, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, thank you, Steve. Goldman Sachs is out with a downbeat view on the economy. We spoke with CEO David Solomon at Goldman's Financial Services Conference. He says smaller bonuses and job cuts shouldn't come as a surprise. We always look at the environment and we always size the firm to the environment. If the environment gets tougher, we will obviously make decisions to size the footprint of the firm appropriately. That can come from slowing down hiring, which we've already done considerably in the second half of the year. Um, And that might also come from pruning in certain areas. Goldman Sachs CEO David Solomon spoke with Bloomberg's Sonali Basak, and you can stay tuned for more of that interview coming up shortly. Well, another Wall Street CEO is also weighing in on the economy, Amy, and its impact on his firm. Bank of America's Brian Moynihan says there are signs of consumer weakness with spending starting to slow. The evidence shows that, yes, the economy is being slowed by the higher interest rates, by the fact that uh, the, the inflation is eating up more uh, of a person's savings. They need to get that under control. That means higher interest rates. But on the other hand, you're seeing them slow down, which ought to put less price pressure. That means they could slow down. So that's going to be the debate. I think we need a few more months to see whether it's just a trend or not. Bank of America's Brian Moynihan says consumer spending at the bank rose 5% in November. That's a lower rate than prior periods. In Asia, China continues to relax COVID restrictions. Today brought another round of announcements from the government. Bloomberg's John Liu reports from Beijing. New measures were announced today that allow people infected with COVID to quarantine at home as a nationwide policy. Authorities are also trying to rein in unnecessary PCR testing by scrapping the need to show a negative test result for most public venues. Those moves are the latest sign that the government is trying to ease its zero-tolerance COVID strategy amid growing public discontent. The actions also suggest that China's most senior leaders are willing to tolerate higher case numbers to avoid more social and economic turmoil. In Beijing, I'm John Liu, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, John, thank you. Well, back here in the U.S., we have an ominous forecast from an iPhone supplier in Asia. Murata Manufacturing expects Apple to further reduce iPhone 14 production plans. It cites weak demand. The Japanese company is a linchpin of the smartphone industry, providing components to Apple, Samsung, and many others. Again, futures are moving lower this morning and straight ahead. We have our latest local headlines, plus a check of sports. And this is Bloomberg. Thank you, Karen. 507 on Wall Street. 57 degrees now in New York. With scattered showers, we're going up to 60 today. Let's bring in Michael Barr with more on what else is going on in New York and around the world. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, Amy. New York Mayor Eric Adams will fill two top-appointed posts at City Hall with two women from inside his administration. 
Camille Varlak, senior advisor to the mayor, will become chief of staff, replacing retiring Frank Carone. Sheena Wright, now deputy mayor of Strategic Initiatives, will become first deputy mayor, replacing retiring Lorraine Grillo. Mayor Adams says they will have big shoes to fill. Sheena and Camille are continuing the tradition of strong women in this administration, especially strong women of color. The appointments will be effective in January. Former Broome County, New York District Attorney Stephen Cornwell has pleaded guilty to grand larceny. Cornwell admitted to stealing felony case records of his prior criminal conviction. Current DA Michael Korchak says that Cornwell stole case files and county records that documented his conviction, including for DUI and assault on an officer. He also went into the computer files of the district attorney and altered his name and deleted his date of birth from that prior criminal conviction. D.A. Korchak says Cornwell was sentenced to a three-year conditional discharge and fined $5,000. Today marks America's 81 years after the Pearl Harbor attack. The number of World War II survivors from that day are dwindling. 101-year-old Lou Conter in Grass Valley, California, regrets due to his age that he will not be able to attend today's Remembrance events. He was a sailor on board the ill-fated USS Arizona. I'd love to be there because uh, there's only two of us still living from the Arizona. More than 2,400 Americans were killed in the surprise Japanese attack. An iconic New York City comedy club is closing up shop. Caroline's on Broadway will close its doors after 40 years. The final day will be on December 31st. Global News 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr, and this is Bloomberg Gaming. All right. Thank you, Michael. It's 5.09 on Wall Street. Time now for the Sports Report, brought to you by Tri-State Audi. Here's John Stashauer. All right, Amy. Jacob DeGrom was not the Mets' only free agent pitcher. Taiwan Walker was an all-star in 2021, had a solid season in 2022, going 12 and 5, three and a half ERA. Walker is not only leaving the Mets, he is joining the Phillies, who continue to spend, having already added Trey Turner. Jamison Tyone leaving the Yankees, heading to the Cubs. Tyone came to New York with a history of injuries and illness, but he was dependable this past season, making 32 starts. He led the team in wins with 14. The Cubs also signed Cody Bellinger, who was the 2019 NL MVP with the Dodgers. The Yanks have signed free agent reliever Tommy Canely. He was with them before. As for Aaron Judge, Yankee General Manager Brian Cashman was on the Yes Network. Certainly hopeful, uh, but if we're not driving this bus, obviously Mr. Judge is. And, um, you know, he put himself in a great position, clearly, with a historic season. And he's had an amazing career thus far. And, you know, one that, if he continues, is to take him all the way to Cooperstown. But we want every stop along the way between now and, and hopefully that final destination to be here in the Bronx for us. Cashman admits he has to wait for, as he says, the judge domino to fall before he knows what to do next. On the ice, Devils. 3-0 shutout of Chicago. Defenseman Dougie Hamilton in on all three goals. Islanders lost to St. Louis 7-4. couple locals met college hoops at Rose Hill. Fordham beat Wagner, and the Rams are 9-1. Doubleheader at the Garden. Duke beat Iowa after Illinois beat second-ranked Texas in overtime. Two days off at the World Cup after Portugal routed Switzerland 6-1. And Morocco upset Spain on penalty kicks quarterfinals Friday and Saturday in Qatar. Quarterback Baker Mayfield released by Carolina claimed on waivers by the L.A. Rams. John Stashauer, Bloomberg Sports in. 
All right, thank you, John. The Bloomberg Sports Report was brought to you by Audi. Don't let someone else drive off in the Audi model you've always wanted. Visit your local tri-state Audi dealer to get behind the wheel of yours today or visit AudiOffers.com for more information. Checking the futures now, S&P futures down 8 points. Dow futures down 43. NASDAQ futures down 39 points. The 10-year Treasury up 3.30 seconds. The yield at 3.5%. The 2-year yield at 4.3%. NYMEX crude down 1.8%. That's about a buck 37 trading now at $72.88. Much more still to come on Bloomberg Daybreak. This is Bloomberg. Good Wednesday morning. It's 512 on Wall Street. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. Democrats have won outright control of the Senate after a victory in the runoff election in Georgia last night. We're joined now by Terry Haynes, founder of Pangea Policy. Terry, good morning. Thank you for taking the time with us this morning. Now, we got the results of that runoff election a lot sooner than expected. A lot of pundits have been saying that this might take days to figure out. What's that tell you? (laughs) <laughs> it tells me that pundits are uh, usually wrong, <laughs> among other things. Yeah. But um, it, uh, you know, the, Georgia was really after 2020 was very committed to uh, wanting to put it, put together a good and seamless process. Uh, they did very well in the general election, and you know, this time out with uh, w- with one race to do, uh, they got the results in very quickly, and good for them. Was voter turnout a factor in this race? Oh, the voter turnout is always a factor, but uh, I think that it, it is a situation where, you know, neither side can really take away much uh, overwhelmingly positive from all this. Uh, you know, Reverend Warnick scraped through uh, the, the first time. He's, uh, he pretty much scraped through this time. Uh, you had a situation where, uh, where Walker was uh, trailing the field uh, for the Republicans in a lot of ways and continued to do that. And, uh, you know, that, that goes back to the old candidate quality uh, 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 statement that Senator McConnell made a few months ago. And, uh, you know, that's quite correct. And, you know, Walker was a relatively weak candidate and uh, pretty much fought the Democrats to a standstill. So uh, I don't think either party can take away much, uh, a, a much positive from this, except that, you know, Georgia is going to be a, uh, a bellwether state for some time to come. Yeah, I wanted to ask you if either candidate could see or even if other Republican candidates specifically in Georgia could see this as some sort of mandate, some sort of message. But the margin was so tight. Maybe not. Yeah, maybe not. I, I you know, I the way I would look at Georgia, frankly, is that, uh, you know, part uh, candidates of either party uh, can do well uh, if they are if they have a compelling message, uh, if they're very focused uh, and if, frankly, they are seen as uh, as a safe pair of hands, as the British would say, uh, good candidates that uh, that that have some quality attached to them. Uh, Governor Brian Kemp of Georgia clearly is that uh, down there. And, uh, you know, somebody like uh, Mr. Walker uh, could not get over that particular hump. Uh, and, you know, that as much as anything else is the reason why uh, he's not the senator today. Well, let's talk a little bit about the, the Trump effect. Are we seeing that change now? This is another defeat on the national stage for a Trump-supported candidate. Oh, sure. You know, I, I had written after uh, after the president's, uh, former president's uh, uh announcement a week or so ago that I thought he really jumped the shark. And, 
uh, on this, and you know this is the moment where the the decline is is visible. Uh, but you know, and that's been accentuated with the whole uh, business about suspending the Constitution, which is uh, you know ludicrous at best. But uh, when you look at the electoral evidence, which is what you're asking about, he's definitely passed his political sell-by date. He's, a, he's now a serial political loser in 2020 nationally, 2021 in Georgia, 2022 in the midterms, and now in the Senate runoff. Uh, in a practical sense, that, that spells the end of a viable Trump candidacy within the Republican Party. Uh, oh, well, okay. So do you then anticipate not only he's going to face some resistance when he, as he's running for president again, or do you also see other candidates now distancing themselves? Well, I think the, uh, I, I think other candidates uh, have been out there for a while. It's, uh, you know, people like, uh, uh, people like former Governor Haley, uh, former Secretary of State Pompeo, uh, Florida Governor DeSantis, many others have been positioning themselves for a particular run for a while, um, and I think the uh, I think the party has been, uh, frankly, distancing themselves from him increasingly over the past two years. The 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 the, the, the task for the Republican Party over the past two years has been that you know how do we get can we how do we get past this particular speed bump. And you know that process, I think, has greatly accelerated since the uh, uh, since the midterms. But between the midterm results, uh, Trump's uh, tone deaf announcement, and uh, and then the whole business about suspending the Constitution, which is uh, I really think is beyond the pale for uh, for a great number of the party leaders. Uh, they're going to look now to uh, try to make sure he's fenced out. And very quickly, about thirty seconds here. Do you expect yeah. more gridlock, or do they find a way to cooperate? Well, what I expect is I expect domestic gridlock. Uh, I expect uh, grudging consensus on basic fiscal matters. In other words, the governor, the, the government keeps getting funded at current levels and all that. Mm-hmm. And I expect bipartisan unanimity on foreign policy, particularly Russia, Ukraine, and China. As a practical matter, it's the same as it has been for the last two years. All right, Terry, thank you. Terry Haynes, founder of Pangea Policy. Checking the markets now, S&P futures down 7, Dow futures down 34, NASDAQ futures down 35 points. Still ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak, we'll hear from Goldman Sachs Chief Executive Officer David Solomon. We'll check the markets and bring you the latest business headlines. Much more still to come on this Wednesday morning. This is Bloomberg. Headlines and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business App, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow, and European stocks are falling along with U.S. stock index futures, while bonds extend a rally as Chinese trade data adds to fears about the health of the global economy. We check the markets all day here at Bloomberg Radio. S&P futures down eight points or two-tenths of a percent. NASDAQ futures down 39 points or a third of a percent. And Dow futures down 44 or a tenth of a percent. Ten-year Treasury up two thirty seconds, yield 3.52 percent, and the yield in the two-year 4.34 percent. Nymex 
crude oil is down 1.2% on 86 cents at $73.38 a barrel. Comex gold up two tenths percent or $3.60 at $17.86 an ounce. And that's a Bloomberg business flash. Now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael, good morning. Good morning, Karen. Senator Raphael Warnock defeated Republican challenger Herschel Walker in their runoff for Georgia's Senate seat, giving Democrats a 51-49 edge in the upper chamber. Warnock beat Walker with 51.4% of the vote. In a sharp reversal, China has announced a series of measures rolling back some of its most draconian anti-COVID-19 restrictions. The National Health Commission announced that COVID-19 tests and a clean bill of health displayed on a smartphone app would no longer be required apart from vulnerable areas. In the NHL, the Devils won, the Islanders lost. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr, and this is Bloomberg. Amy. All right, thank you, Michael. It's 523 on Wall Street. I'm Amy Morris. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. Goldman Sachs Chief Executive Officer David Solomon is striking a downbeat note on the economic outlook, saying smaller bonuses and potential job cuts should come as no surprise to the finance industry. Solomon spoke with Bloomberg's Shanali Basak at the Goldman Sachs Financial Services Conference. Let's listen to that conversation now. We're at a very uncertain time. An uncertain time given we're changing monetary and economic conditions very, very quickly. And that's certainly having an impact to slowing down economic activity. And so if you're running a big financial services firm, I think you have to assume that we have some bumpy times ahead. And you have to be a little bit more cautious with your financial resources, with your sizing and the footprint of the organization. I think you have to expect that activity levels are going to be more constrained in a tougher economic environment. So we have businesses that are very, very correlated to economic growth in the world, and we're predicting economic growth will slow. Our, our economists predict 1.9% economic growth around the world uh, in 2023, which is obviously slowing growth. And the big question is, as central banks tighten monetary conditions and try to control inflation, can they do that and orchestrate, orchestrate some sort of a soft landing? And I, you know, I think that's still uncertain. I think there's a possibility of that. But I certainly think we could see a recession in 2023 also. And so I think you've got to be cautious and prepare. How then do you prepare your staff around all of this? It's December, it's the end of the year. People are worried about jobs. People are thinking about jobs. They're thinking about pay as well. It's bonus season coming up. We've reported that you are even thinking about having lower bonuses at businesses that will have rising revenue this year. How are you thinking about this? Bring this inside your decision-making process and uh, what you're telling your staff right now. Well, we we operate a business where every single year um, we have to pay our most important asset, which is our people. It shouldn't be surprising to people watching the performance of the business this year that 2021 was an exceptional year. It was a record year for the firm was the highest debt revenue year ever for the firm. 2022 is a different year, and so naturally, compensation will be lower. We're still early in the process of making those decisions, but just like every year, we pay for performance, and we will pay people based on the overall performance of the firm, and especially for our senior people. Um, you know, we, we consider the overall performance of the firm as we go through our compensation process. 
How do you balance also, you know, this year you had been reintroduced the, you know, the natural calling of headcount. The bonus discussion is not just here. It's obviously everywhere on Wall Street. How do you balance that with kind of the story that we saw just a year ago, this talent war that we saw, this booming market for people? And what's happening this year going into next year into tougher times? How do you balance retention as well as those more difficult conversations? Well, we, we take a very long-term view with, with everything we do. And you have to adjust to the environment, and so you make changes around the margin. Um, but at the same point, you know, you take a long-term view, and you try to think about your business over time. We're extremely focused on serving our clients and our core businesses. Um, our clients have been active, and so it's important for us to strike the right balance in protecting our franchise and making sure um, that our people are paid for performance. On the other hand, we're in an environment that's a tougher environment broadly. Performance is not as strong, and so we balance that. But we take a long-term view. Our people take a long-term view. That was Goldman Sachs CEO David Solomon speaking with Bloomberg Shanali Basak, and you can catch that full interview online at Bloomberg.com and on our daily Bloomberg Surveillance podcast. Checking the futures markets now, S&P futures down 11, Dow futures down 63, NASDAQ futures down 46, 10-year Treasury up to 30 seconds, the yield at 3.52%, the two-year yield at 4.3%. NYMEX crude trading now uh, down 81 cents, trading at $73.45 a barrel. We'll have the rest of this morning's top stories, plus your local headlines and a check on markets. But first, let's get a look at today's Bloomberg weather forecast. Scattered showers are possible today as we remain a bit unsettled. It'll be mild temperatures across the region, 55 to 60 this afternoon. We will start to see some clearing overnight, lows 45 to 50. High pressures north of the tri-state area tomorrow will have a partly sunny day with highs of 50 to 55. Clouds will be increasing on Friday, highs near 45. I'm Rob Carolyn with your three-day forecast on Bloomberg 1130. Broadcasting live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studio in New York. Bloomberg 1130. To Washington, D.C. Bloomberg 991. To Boston. Bloomberg 1061. To San Francisco. Bloomberg 960. To the country. Sirius XM Channel 119. And around the globe. The Bloomberg Business App and BloombergRadio.com. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. It's coming up on 5.30 on Wall Street. Good Wednesday morning. I'm Amy Morris. And I'm Karen Moscow, and we're nearly four hours away from the open of U.S. trading. Let's get you up to date on the news you need to know at this hour. We begin with a runoff Senate race in Georgia. Incumbent Raphael Warnock defeated Republican challenger Herschel Walker 51.4% to 48.6%, securing outright control of the Senate for Democrats. If we have value, we ought to have a voice. And the way to have a voice is to have a vote to determine the direction of your country and your destiny within it. And Herschel Walker conceded to Warnock, encouraging supporters to stay engaged in the political process. We can't blame no one because uh, I want you to continue to believe in this country, believe in our elected officials, and most of all, stay together. The win for Warnock means Democrats have a 51 to 49 Senate majority. With Warnock's decisive victory, Georgia Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger defended the integrity of the race, calling it honest and fair. You'll remember Raffensperger was pressured by former President Trump after the 2020 election. People know, not just in Georgia, but all over the country, know that in Georgia we have honest, fair elections. They're secure, and they run smooth. 
Georgia Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger spoke with our Washington correspondent Joe Matthew on Bloomberg Sound On. Catch the show weeknights at 5 p.m. Eastern on Bloomberg Radio. Well, Amy, it was not a great day for Donald Trump. The former president backed Herschel Walker and also suffered a defeat in court. Two of his companies were found guilty of engaging in tax fraud for over a decade. Trump himself was not charged. Let's turn to Wall Street now, where news of job cuts signal concerns for the broader economy. Bloomberg Steve Rappaport joins us live with the latest. Good morning, Steve. Good morning. Well, it's actually a morning of uncertainty at Morgan Stanley, where roughly 1,600 employees are heading for an early exit. Sources tell Bloomberg the bank is cutting about 2% of its global workforce. Morgan added more than 20,000 jobs since the pandemic began. But with COVID in the rearview mirror for many, CEO James Corman says it's time to apply some of the lessons learned during the pandemic about operating more efficiently. Live in New York, I'm Steve Rappaport, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Steve, thanks. Bank of America CEO Brian Moynihan also weighing in on the economy, saying there's signs of consumer weakness. The economy is being slowed by the higher interest rates, by the fact that the inflation is eating up more of a person's savings. They need to get that under control. That means higher interest rates, but on the other hand, you're seeing them slow down, which ought to put less price pressure. And Bank of America's Brian Moynihan says it's unclear at this point if slower consumer spending will become a broader trend. Futures this morning are lower. S&P futures down 11 points. Dow futures down 62. And NASDAQ futures down 47. 10-year Treasury, little change. The yield 3.52%. And the yield on the two-year, 4.34%. The euro at 1.0486 against the dollar this morning. Straight ahead, your latest local headlines plus a check of sports. And this is Bloomberg. All right, thank you, Karen. 531 on Wall Street. Now let's bring in Michael Barr with more on what else is going on in New York and around the world. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, Amy. Funeral services will be held today for the Yonkers police sergeant who was killed in a car crash last week. Family and friends will say goodbye to Frank Goldino at Sacred Heart Church in Yonkers. The 53-year-old was killed when police say a teenage driver with just a learner's permit lost control of his BMW and slammed head-on into Goldino's unmarked police car on Tuckahoe Road. New York City Mayor Eric Adams is filling the top two appointed posts at City Hall. After recent retirements, Mayor Adams says Camille Varlak, a senior advisor to the mayor, will become chief of staff. And Sheena Wright, now deputy mayor of strategic initiatives, will become first deputy mayor. These are huge shoes to fill. But these two ladies in their red bottoms, (laughs) they're going to bring their own pair. They're going to bring their own uniqueness, their own flair to these jobs. The appointments will be effective in January. A gay bar that was the site of the 1966 SIP-In has been given landmark status by New York City. Back then, a demonstration was held at Julius near the historic Stonewall Inn. They were protesting the closure of other bars in the city for serving people who identified as LGBTQ. Andrew Berman is the executive director of Village Preservation. Three years before Stonewall, a couple of brave individuals got together and said, we're going to challenge the rules that basically make gay bars illegal. We're going to sit at a bar, we're going to say we are gay, and we demand to be served a drink. Andrew Berman. And it's the end of an era for New York City Comedy Club. After 40 years, Caroline's on Broadway will close its doors on January 1st. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists, analysts, more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg Navy. All right. Thank you, Michael. 
634 on Wall Street. Time now for the Sports Report brought to you by Tri-State Audi. Here's John Stashauer. Thanks, Amy. It'll be a different Mets rotation in 2023. Justin Verlander in. Jacob DeGrom. Now Taiwan Walker both out. Walker just signed with the Phillies. Still not known about Chris Bassett. He's also a free agent. At the winter meetings in San Diego, Mets manager Buck Walter asked for the first time his reaction to DeGrom's departure to Texas. He's moving to a good situation and you know, contrary to what a lot of people try to, you know, it wasn't something that he had preordained. You know, it's something that kind of played itself out. And, you know, it's one of those offers he couldn't afford to pass up. And, you know, we wish him well. Yankees with a free agent signing, bringing back reliever Tommy Kingley, who's had some injuries. The Yankees are said to want to bring back outfielder Andrew Benintendi, but the Mets could be interested in him as well. Jamison Tyone, who led the Yankees in wins last season, just signed with the Cubs. Four years, $68 million. Cubs also signed Cody Bellinger, the 2019 MVP with the Dodgers. Knicks and Nets both home tonight. Knicks against Atlanta. Nets take on Charlotte. Rangers are in Vegas. Last night, Devils shut out Chicago 3-0. Devils have 43 points, most in the NHL. Islanders got a 5-1 deficit to 5-4. Lost at home to St. Louis 7-4. They've dropped three of the last four. Odell Beckham has visited the Giants and Cowboys. Still not known where he's going to sign, but there are now reports that Beckham still hasn't recovered from the torn ACL suffered in the Super Bowl with the Rams, and he may not be able to play until the playoffs. John Stashower, Bloomberg Sports. Amy? All right. Thank you, John. Futures are lower. S&P Dow down 12 points. Dow futures down 70. NASDAQ futures down 48. 10-year Treasury up 132nd. The yield at 3.52%. The two-year yield at 4.34%. Much more still to come on this Wednesday morning on Bloomberg Daybreak. This is Bloomberg. The Bloomberg Sports Report was brought to you by Audi. Don't let someone else drive off in the Audi model you've always wanted. Visit your local Tri-State Audi dealer to get behind the wheel of yours today or visit AudiOffers.com for more information. It's 536 on Wall Street. Time now for the Tri-State Business Report. Here's Bloomberg's Ed Corey. A bill working its way through New York City Council would ban private landlords from doing background checks on prospective tenants. Some landlords say tenants don't want to share buildings with former criminals, but at least 30 of the council's 51 members have reportedly agreed to back the measure. CMA CGM has agreed to buy a couple of major U.S. shipping terminals owned by Global Container Terminals to boost the French logistic company's presence in the U.S. The company says the purchase of terminals in New York and New Jersey gives it a gateway on the U.S. East Coast. Stomp! The percussive off-Broadway staple that's drawn tourists and locals to its East Village Theater for 30 years or so will close January 8th. The show, which combines percussion, movement, comedy, and everyday objects transformed into musical instruments, will continue its North American and European tours. That's your Bloomberg Tri-State Business Report. I'm Ed Corey. Thank you, Ed. It's 537 on Wall Street. The following is an editorial from Bloomberg Opinion. This editorial was written by the Bloomberg Editorial Board. Progress can be painfully slow in the American constitutional system. That makes it all the more important to recognize when the process works as it should. Last week, the Senate passed the Bipartisan Respect for Marriage Act, which enshrines federal protection for same-sex marriages. Should the pill pass the House as expected, President Joe Biden has said he'll promptly sign it. This stands as a landmark. As recently as 1996, the U.S. was solidly opposed to gay marriage. Today, thanks in large part to decades of hard work and political pressure by advocates for marriage equality, lawmakers in both parties have fashioned a bargain reflecting a new national consensus. That's how the democratic process is supposed to work.
This editorial was written by the Bloomberg Editorial Board. For more Bloomberg Opinion, please go to Bloomberg.com slash opinion or OPIN Go on the Bloomberg Terminal. This has been Bloomberg Opinion. Bloomberg Opinion editorials can be heard every weekday at this time, and Terminal customers can read more at OPIN Go. Checking the futures now, S&P futures down 11 points, Dow futures down 60, NASDAQ futures down 41, 10-year Treasury up 132nd, the yield at 3.52%, the two-year yield at 4.34%. NYMEX crude eight-tenths lower now, that's down 65 cents, trading at $63.59 a barrel. We're going to talk ahead with Bloomberg senior Washington correspondent Joe Matthew about those election results in Georgia, what it's going to mean on Capitol Hill. Stay with us. Much more still to come. This is Bloomberg. Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business app, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. I'm Karen Moscow, and European stocks are falling. So are U.S. stock index futures as China's trade data adds to fears about the health of the global economy. We check the markets every all day here on Bloomberg Radio with S&P futures down 12 points or three-tenths of a percent. Dow futures down 68 or two-tenths of a percent. NASDAQ futures down 46 or four-tenths of a percent. The DAX in Germany is down half percent. Ten-year Treasury up 132nd, yield 3.52 percent, and the yield on the two-year 4.34 percent. NYMEX screwed Oil is down nine tenths percent or sixty seven cents at seventy three dollars fifty nine cents a barrel. Comex gold up a tenth of a percent or two dollars thirty cents at seventeen eighty four seventy an ounce. The euro one point oh four nine four against the dollar. British pound one point two one six eight. The yen one thirty seven point four seven and bitcoins down one point one percent at sixteen thousand eight hundred dollars. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael. Karen, thank you very much. Democrat Raphael Warnock defeated Republican challenge. Herschel Walker in Georgia's Senate race. His victory will increase Democrats' edge in the chamber, 51-49. Warnock beat Walker with 51.4% of the vote. More on the Georgia race in a minute. Two of Donald Trump's companies were found guilty of engaging in a scheme that allowed executives such as former Chief Financial Officer Alan Weisselberg to evade taxes on company-paid perks. In the NHL, the Devils won, the Islanders lost. Global News, 24 hours a day, on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr, and this is Bloomberg. Amy. All right. Thank you, Michael. It is 542 on Wall Street, and this is Bloomberg Daybreak. We continue to follow the news out of Georgia and on Capitol Hill. Democrats gaining outright control of the Senate now that Raphael Warnock has won the runoff election in Georgia, defeating Trump-backed Republican challenger Herschel Walker 51.4% to 48.6%. Now, earlier this hour, we heard from Terry Haynes of Pangea Policy, who believes that this could be the final straw for the former president and the Republican Party. The task for the Republican Party over the past two years has been the, you know, how do we get, how do we, how do we get past this particular speed bump? And, you know, that process, I think, has greatly accelerated since the, uh, uh, the since the midterms, but between the midterm results, uh, Trump's tone deaf announcement and, uh, and then the whole business about suspending the Constitution, which is, uh, I really think is beyond the pale for uh, for a great number of the party leaders. Uh, they're going to look now to try to make sure he's fenced out. 
And joining us now to talk about what last night's Georgia runoff means for Democrats and for the GOP, Bloomberg senior Washington correspondent and host of Sound On, Joe Matthew. Well, Joe, you heard Terry there talking about that this could mean the end of Donald Trump in the GOP. What say you? Well, it's difficult for me to weigh in on that one. I Look, just like you, Amy, I covered the Access Hollywood tapes. We've seen Donald Trump's political career called dead so many times we can't count it. But Republicans are waking up angry this morning. Republicans went to bed angry last night. This was a wider margin than what we saw in the This had been a different candidate, potentially. This is the conversation here. A different candidate without Donald Trump's fingerprints. This could be a Republican seat this morning. There were moments last night when this was so close, people didn't know exactly how this was going to turn out. And and it, it really speaks to all of the outside factors, candidate quality included in this race in Georgia. Now, every statewide race in Georgia in the midterms went for the Republicans. All of them did, except for this one. It was a red wave in Georgia, except this one. What does that say? I think it just reflects on what we just said. Donald Trump is not popular. ...relationship here, and it's the reason why Brian Kemp, the Republican governor in Georgia, did not endorse or campaign with Herschel Walker Uh, during the midterm cycle here, during the weeks leading up to the general election. So, look, if if you you had a different candidate without Donald Trump, again, it could be a different conversation this morning. Raphael Warnock ran a, a strong campaign, but my goodness, he was clearly beatable under certain circumstances. At least this is how Republican strategists look at it this morning. Now, all of this is happening as two of Donald Trump's companies were found guilty of criminal tax fraud. I'm shifting gears just a second, getting right back to politics. But I want to know what that might mean for the man who was once president and he's running again. He wants to be president again. And his companies are facing Mm -hmm. these criminal charges. I think that, though, he was not personally. You know, he's running far away from this suggesting that, you know, the wool was pulled over his eyes or something to this extent, but that he had nothing to do with it. Some of the other instances, though, yesterday could have a much greater impact, like the special counsel uh, sending out subpoenas to states like Michigan and Wisconsin to see all funding in the weeks leading up to and following the 2020 election campaign. You've got so many legal uh, issues facing Donald Trump right now that I'm not sure his company is actually the worst one. Okay, let's shift gears back then to politics. We talked a little bit about the Trump effect and whether this might mean other candidates are going to start distancing themselves now. Uh, what would it take for candidates to be able to say, you know, you don't have to campaign for me? And the reason I ask is because when we were watching him campaign for uh, Herschel Walker, he didn't show up. He wasn't there in person. He did it by phone. He was sort of trying to split the difference there so that he didn't take the blame for the midterm elections. And at the same time, he was able to throw his support behind the candidate that he recruited. Right. Well, that's we've seen this happen repeatedly with Donald Trump. Uh, ask Glenn Youngkin in Virginia. It was the same exact deal. It was a tele rally the night before the election, and they never were seen on stage together. That was very deliberate. When you're talking about so-called Trump candidates, in many cases, they were hand-selected by Trump and would not be in the race without Trump. You could call Herschel Walker one of those candidates. And so in that case, they kind of owe their entire situation to Donald Trump, so it's a little difficult to tell him not to come. Uh, This will bear 
24 election. We get into the new year and the 24 election starts to take hold a bit. Joe Biden's going to announce his intentions, we're told, after the holidays. It is widely expected that he is going to run for re-election. And then you'll see Donald Trump in true color, I suspect, in the beginning of the new year. Whether candidates want him on the stump, we'll see about it. Let's talk a little bit about uh, what's going on with the uh, the race itself. You and I had talked earlier about getting those results, and we kind of figured we wouldn't be seeing these results to this race until you know later this week. We got those results much sooner than expected. Does that tell you anything? Really was a major factor in this campaign. I spoke with Brad Raffensperger. Uh, yesterday, right before the polls closed, he joined us on Sound On, the Secretary of State of Georgia. And, and starting at 7 a.m., they were beginning to tabulate early voting results. By 7 p.m., they had all of the counties involved. It's just kind of the way this one worked out in a fairly cut-and-dry fashion. You had a head start counting early ballots. And then, as you saw, uh, Herschel Walker actually take the lead at one point last evening. Then it was the northern suburbs of Atlanta that finished their counting. Fulton County, Cobb County, and others, where it was an overwhelming result for Raphael Warnock and the networks, the Associated Press, uh, took that moment to call the race for him. They're still technically counting ballots, but when these projections go into place, you know, they're looking at a lot of different mathematical paths here, and he just, Herschel Walker, uh, by the end of the evening, didn't have one. And All right, Bloomberg, Senior Halloween. Washington... Go ahead. Sorry, Joe. No, Amy, it's all yours. All right. Thank you. Bloomberg Senior Washington correspondent Joe Matthew, host of Bloomberg Sound On, which you can hear weekday afternoons at 5 here on Bloomberg Radio. Once again, looking at the uh, impact of that Georgia runoff, what it means for Democrats and what it could mean for the GOP and how it might have an impact on the Trump effect, what that might mean for future candidates who might want to court the support from the former president. Much more still to come on Bloomberg Daybreak. Karen. Yeah, Amy, thank you. And we're still watching a sell-off here with a U.S. stock index futures moving lower this morning. Checking the markets now with S&P futures down about 10 points or a quarter percent. Dow futures down 51 or about two-tenths of a percent. And NASDAQ futures down 38 or a third of a percent. The DAX in Germany this morning is down about six-tenths of a percent. So is the CAC in Paris and the FTSE 100 down two-tenths of a percent. Ten-year Treasury up 132nd, yield 3.52 percent. And the yield on the two-year is at 4.34 percent. Up next on Bloomberg Daybreak, we have the legal stories making news today. Stay tuned for our daily Bloomberg Law Brief from Bloomberg Law. We also have a check of your local weather and this is bloomberg markets headlines and breaking news 24 hours a day at bloomberg.com the bloomberg business app and at bloomberg quick take this is a bloomberg business flash And I'm Karen Moscow, and U.S. stock index futures are lower this morning, with S&P futures down about 11 points or a quarter percent, Dow futures down two-tenths percent or 58 points, and NASDAQ futures down four-tenths of a percent or 44 points. And the 10-year Treasury, little change, yield 3.53 percent. They yield on the two-year 4.34 percent. NYMEX crude oil is down 1 percent at $73.54 a barrel. That's down 71 cents. And that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Amy. 
Karen, it is 5.56 on Wall Street. Time for our daily Bloomberg Law Brief, exploring legal issues in the news. Today, we're looking at a high-stakes clash at the Supreme Court. The conservative justices appeared ready to rule for a Christian website designer who says her religious beliefs preclude her from creating pages for same-sex marriages, as Colorado law would require. The designer claims that Colorado's anti-discrimination law violates her First Amendment free speech rights. For more on the case, Bloomberg's June Grasso speaks to constitutional law professor Michael Dorff of Cornell Law School. What was the justice's reaction to the website designer's claim that her websites are protected free speech? Some of them were skeptical of whether there really was any expression at all here. I think Justice Sonia Sotomayor was the most skeptical. She wanted to know how this is speech by the owner of the web design company, given that it's essentially for the couple, right? Part of the point is that it's not speech endorsing same-sex marriage at all. At the other end of the spectrum, you had Justice Alito and some of the other justices who seemed to just accept that, of course, this is expressive. And they gave some hypothetical examples where you pretty clearly would have expression. For example, you know, if you had to put on the website, God blesses this marriage. I think some of the justices had the view that there certainly is expression here, and it could be understood as expression endorsing same-sex marriage. And then the question is, does the state get to override that because they have a public accommodations law? Justice Sotomayor said ruling for the web designer here would be the first time in Supreme Court history to allow a business open to the general public to refuse to serve a customer based on race, sex, religion, or sexual orientation. So how do the conservatives make a carve-out that doesn't characterize this as inviting business to be exempt from civil rights laws? I mean, she's right, but only because we define you know, that narrowly. After all, in the Hobby Lobby case, the court gave a carve out from statute and regulations requiring the provision of health insurance that covers contraception to religiously motivated business owners. Now, that was in the context of employment rather than public accommodations, but it's also a carve out from anti-discrimination law, also based in sort of conservative religious principles. Although I do think Justice Sotomayor is right, hearkening back to those cases from the 1960s and 70s in which they dismiss the proposed exceptions with respect to race. But I think the answer to the question of how does the court prevent people from perceiving this as them, you know, taking sides against anti-discrimination law is that they can't, right? They can't control how their decisions are perceived. But I think this court has shown that they're not all that attuned to or concerned about how the public perceives them. I mean, Chief Justice Roberts seemed more concerned about that early in his career and maybe still is, but he's lost control of this court. That's Professor Michael Dorff of Cornell Law School speaking with Bloomberg's Jim Grasso. Catch more of that interview plus analysis of the latest legal news by subscribing to the Bloomberg Law Podcast or downloading the show at Bloomberg.com slash podcasts. Attorneys can find exceptional legal research and business development tools at BloombergLaw.com and on the Bloomberg Terminal at BLaw.go. Futures are lower, S&P down 8 points. Dow futures down 38. NASDAQ futures down 36. Ten-year Treasury down 132nd. The yield at 3.53%. The two-year yield at 4.34%. Straight ahead, a check on the business headlines and all the news you need to start your day. Hour two of Bloomberg Daybreak starts right now.
The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com.